My name's Tomo and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And let's crack on. And we are live. Welcome everyone to an impromptu Tomo's race chinwag. I said I wanted to bring one of you every single week even when there's not a race and well I'm not going to be able to stick to that between now and the end of the year uh, I you know I just I felt we should just talk about the the subject matter that is in the title of this live podcast whatever you want to call it welcome everyone thank you all for coming is Sergeant closer to Albon than we think I want to talk about it welcome Carlos uh, Seamus Christopher Kinyu Priest Phillips Aleph Cohn, David, New Zealander, Talia, Niels, David, Holy, Addison, Seamus, Christian, Hannah, I definitely said a couple of you more than once, Ryan, Bernie, Alex, Jerome, Capybara, Ingrid, Christopher, Susan, Jonas, Woodo, Jordan, Michaela, Flying Spy, Jay, Neutrals, Belinda, Catfish, Daniel, Wellesley, Louis, Jim, Gissel. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining me here live on YouTube. If you are here live on YouTube, if you're watching this after the fact um, on YouTube or if you're here audio only as well, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. right? Just with your ears. So I was in a few of your Spotify raps, which is quite cool. Um, I was in a few, which was fun. So check it out audio only if you don't want to look at my face, okay? although if you do watch then you might there's Minton's down there I'm not going to show you him yet but maybe later maybe if you behave yourselves then maybe I will show you Minton later so the topic of conversation today for me conversation I find interesting now that Logan Sargent is confirmed as a Williams driver in 2024 is to go over things, right? Yes, he did get whitewashed in qualifying by Alex Albon. Yes, he only scored one point all season, okay? And it scored 27. But I wanted to do a bit more digging. I wanted to understand this gap a little bit more, okay? Because head-to-head, and if you follow me on Twitter, at Tormo F1, you know that I, after every qualifying session, I update the head-to-heads. I'm going to continue to do that. I did that all of this year. I did that all of last season as well. Maybe even 21. I think it was just... Was it... Did I do that all of 2021? I don't know. You can follow the retweet because I retweet every single previous one anyway. Um, But for 2024, I'm going to do it. But what I'm going to do is keep a live average gap between the drivers. So after the first race, I'll have the head-to-head. And then I'll have the gap from that first Bahrain Grand Prix. And then next round, I will then get the next gap, add it to that one, divide it by two to get a new average and then just track the average gap live. You know what I mean? Take a little bit more work, but then it's a little bit more meaningful than just head to head, in my opinion. So yeah, that's what I'm going to do next year. You look at Alex and Logan, it's a whitewashing qualifier and you think, oh my, how have they, how have they resigned this guy? What are they doing? What are they? Josiah doesn't want to hear it. Josiah's like, no, end of, end of end of discussion. There is no discussion to be had. There's no understand. Um, look, maybe there isn't. Maybe there isn't. Because I wanted to go over all the numbers. So what I've done is I've looked at all of Alex and Logan's qualifying sessions, sprint and normal qualifying. So that's 28 sessions in total, 24 normal qualifiers, six sprint shootouts. And basically aggregated the numbers. And tried to, what I'm trying to do here, I guess, is trying to look at it as if I was James Vows, right? As if I was team principal, which maybe one day, okay, maybe one day. But I want to look, I want to really try and understand this quality gap because obviously race pace gaps, it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's a lot more nuance that goes into that. And I think it's fairer to expect a rookie to be close in qualifying but far off in the race. It's kind of like we're seeing with Piastri and Norris. I want to kind of go into this whole Albon Sargent thing from that point of view. 
So, what I've done is I've broken it down the middle. I've took the first 11 races, <coughs> so Bahrain to Hungary, the first 11 rounds, and then the last 11, and I kind of looked at all the numbers, got all the numbers in one half, second half, yeah? So, first of all, and again, again, I've, I'll give a couple of spoilers. So, for example, Saudi Arabia, second qualifying session of the year. Logan went quicker than Alex. I'm not going to remind you by how much, but he got his lap deleted. But he got it deleted for the most hilariously insignificant reason, I guess. And I do have, in fact, I forgot to save it, but I'm going to quickly open up Photoshop, find the picture, save it so that I can chuck it on screen. Because it is like, it is, it's, it's crazy. I, I forgot. I forgot on reflection just how um, how how marginal and how insignificant a track limit it was. So again, if if I'm James Vows and I'm looking at well, let me uh, let me let me get up, let me let me get it up for you on YouTube. Uh, all, all all the viewers on YouTube who can actually see what's going on. All right, I'm just gonna pop this here. Boom. That is Logan Sargent's track limit. That is what he... He went over the white line on the left, front wheel. If he doesn't do this, if he stays, stays right to the white line, it's one all in qualifying between him and Alex. But because he dips a tyre onto this white line, his lap's deleted. So that's just an example of, you know, I'm not going to... Like in that instance, I'm going to acknowledge Logan's quicker lap time. I'm not gonna, you know, oh, we got done for track limit. Yeah, but that track limit's like, come on, it's not a meaningful track limit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And look, look, at the end of the day, right? Maybe they should have put lava there, DH. Look, rules are rules, okay? He shouldn't have done it. But again, that's not helpful from my point of view. That's not like if I'm trying to actually understand the pace gap between my two drivers. Acknowledging that, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a rookie error, quite literally, but it's not helpful for me to like take that into too much well, into any really consideration if I'm trying to understand the gap between drivers. Um But before we get into that, thank you, Tune. Tune? I'm gonna say Tune for the six Euros. Thanks for yet another year of high quality free content and podcast, mate. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Thank you very much, Tune. Much appreciated. Don't you worry, I'm not going anywhere. As much as all the little side projects I try out always end up ending, which we'll get onto, um, <laughs> this channel's not going anywhere. I promise. Right? This is this is a solid, consistent area for content. Okay, and thank you, Alex, as well for the twenty dollars, mate. Much appreciated. I just did this in a Discord. Discord. I mean, Logan Gap was 0.519 from Alex. If you got rid of his two big outliers, I did just the races. Uh, the races when you Nick Nick when you remove his was point four and four, so I don't quite get what you mean there, Alex. But yeah, nice, nice. Okay, so Alex has already looked into it as well. Your numbers are slightly different to mine because again, I've I've broken things up a bit differently. But it'll be interesting to hear. Well, first of all, I guess what I want to start with um, is what do we think? Let me get a poll going. What what do you think the average quality gap was in the first half of the season between Logan and Alex? So I'm going to give you uh, between one and two tenths, um, two to th two to three tenths, three, uh, wait, yeah, yeah, three to four tenths. Um, or four to five. Mm. Is, that, is that the best way of... Actually, you know what? No, no, I'm going to do... Because obviously it's more than two tenths. Come on. I, I, I don't need to... It's not, it's not, I don't need to... Um, yeah, I, th I think this is a better range. I fully expect you to, to think five... Should I just do five or more? Two to three, three to four, four to five, or five or more. Okay. Let's 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 do those options for the poll. So five hundred of you here. Appreciate you all coming. Um, let me know what you think. Average quality gap 
Logan to Alex in the first half of the season. And again, when I say first half, I mean the first 11 rounds, which meant 11 qualifying sessions and two sprint shootouts. So 13 qualifying sessions in total is what we're looking at here. Um, <coughs> and again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. The poll is blank. What do you mean? The poll isn't blank. 163 of you have voted. So, oh, interesting. So about 14% of you between two to three tenths. 42% between three and four. 36% between four and five. And 9% of you get five or more. Interesting. Interesting. Poll blank until you vote, really? I just, I don't know that I've I've done everything right by the book. That's um, obviously YouTube being YouTube. So yeah, what do you think? What do you what kind of range do we think he was in within within Alex? Obviously behind, obviously more than two tenths behind on average. But where do we think? Yeah, I think it depends on whether you're on YouTube Mobile or. Or desktop, if you've got light mode or dark mode, maybe as well. I don't know. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube just likes to likes to throw these curveballs sometimes. This is why you have to listen to me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Even though it it still you know it still disturbs me, as in disturbs the content. Anyway, right, cool. Just tell us, mate. Not this rigor. <laughs> I'm keeping you on tenterhooks, Leo. Okay, cool. You ready for some numbers? So. It was 0 0.408, and again, Saudi track limits, I've given that one to Logan. Also, whenever both have got through beyond Q1 to Q2 minimum, I've taken their gap in Q1, their gap in Q2, and then averaged it out to get a final score, right? So, for example, in Azerbaijan, Alex was... 71 thousandths of a second quicker than Logan in Q1. But then in Q2, he was over half a second quicker. So I've added them together, divided by two, and I get 0.324 for Azerbaijan, for example, right? In terms of, there's not many times Logan got out of Q1, but the, that was one of those instances. Um, Britain as well. Britain, he got out of... Uh, he got out of Q1. So, yes. For me, for me, this is the most accurate when you're just primarily focusing on pace. Okay? The pace. Bro just proved Logan is chat. Hang on, Free Freezy. This is four tenths as a rookie against Alex. Now, again, a lot of this depends on how highly do you rate Alex. Okay? If you don't rate Alex that highly, then... This is not good. If you rate Halleck super highly, then four tenths as a rookie first half of the season, you know, 13 qualifying sessions is maybe somewhat forgivable. Maybe, maybe somewhat forgivable. So, interesting ones here. I mean, again, Bahrain, he was within two tenths. And Saudi, he was quicker without the stupid track limit. So it was a very strong start. You, you can't argue with the, the strength of the start. Azerbaijan as well. He was pretty close relative to Alex. Well, he had two, two qualifying sessions, the Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan sprint and Azerbaijan Q1. He was within a tenth of Alex. I'm just going through the highlights here. Um, Austria within three tenths. Pretty good relative to some of these. I mean, Canada, he was more than a second. It was wet, but it wasn't great. Um, you know, Britain, I mean, he was almost a, a second down in Q2 um, at Silverstone. So there's there's some there's some moments, there's some highlights in this first half for sure. There's also a number of stinkers, and it all kind of comes together um, as four tenths. And you know what, Carlos? I know you say right, you don't look at Bahrain since it's a testing track, so drivers have more experience there. But surely you could argue that makes it more of a relevant thing to look at if we're looking at 
when if you've got two drivers that are equally comfortable and confident and experienced on the track that they're driving you know it was two tenths the gap logan to alex so surely you can maybe take even more learnings arguably for instances like that so that's the first half of the season what do we think for the second half of the season Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do another poll. We'll close the last one. So the, that poll ended. Most of you thought it was between three and four. It was just over. Again, according to my to my perspective, my maths, what I'm trying to do here. Um, but either way, it wasn't particularly close. So let's try second half of the season now. I'm going to give the same options: two to three tenths. Um, Three to four, four, four to five, or five or more. Now, this second half is a bit more, mm, it's a bit trickier. Gladiator thinks second half was better. David thinks the gap was bigger. What do you think? What do you think? Again, the majority, the slight majority went between three and four tenths for the first half of the year. Um... But four to five was close behind. Was, was, was close behind. Surely he got better. Well, again, <clears throat> this, is, this is the... Obviously, outliers exist and can affect the score. And I've kept the outlier. I've kept it all in. I've kept it all in. But I want to put the numbers on the screen because then you can look at them yourselves and make your own, you know. Because, again, I think from this first half, you can see that, you know, it started, started well. Which isn't unusual. I mean, we've seen Yuki do well in Bahrain on his <clears throat> on his debut. We've seen Joe do well in Bahrain on his debut. We've seen Sargent do pretty well relative to the rest of his first half of the season, anyway. Um, and it's a good point as well, Jesse. Um, Alex as well. Is Alex improving? In, was he better in the second half than he was in the first half? He had more point scoring position finishes in the second half. Did Alex? But also he had, you know, Australia was great until he shunted. Um, you know, he had his moments, but second half of the season, you could argue that Alex improved. But again, it's that relative gap that's, you know, that's important. Seamus, no, it isn't, mate. It's not. It's not, buddy. Um, still keeping that hush-hush, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So, right. Poll, so it's slightly more skewed, definitely lower. I think generally you lot think he closed that gap ever so slightly to Alex. Uh, two to three temps is 22%, three to four temps, 44%, four to five temps, 24%. Well, the gap got bigger on average, but there are a lot of outliers here. So average gap was four. 0.476 seconds. 0.476 in the second half of the season. But there are some big gaps. There are some very small gaps. So I'm giving Qatar to Logan, the sprint, because it was a track limit that got him. Again, the point of this is to understand the pace. Yes, he did a track limit. Alex didn't. So Alex was quicker. But Logan actually drove the track quicker. The track limit did not gain him a meaningful amount of time. So I've given... <laughs> Farewell, Robert, then. Farewell. Um, I've, give, I've given that one to Logan. Otherwise, it is a bit of a whitewash. It's a very bad start here for Logan. Belgium... 1.2 down, Belgium sprint, 0.83, Netherlands, 0.883. And that's Logan getting into Q2 as well, by the way. But Alex dunked over a second on him in Q1. Italy as well, quite a big gap. Singapore, about half a second. Japan, obviously Logan shunted, didn't he? He did a Kubitsa. Remember Kubitsa had that accident um, into the final, out of the final corner, that long right-hander um, at Suzuka. Logan did that there, so couldn't look at Japan. Also, Mexico, I've done not applicable just because that was a really... I, I've, I actually watched back. I watched through 
every single qualifier on F1 TV in Q1 to do this, to make sh to kind of check myself about uh, times being deleted and blah, blah, blah. Just to try and, again, give us as pace representative a spread as I can here. And, yeah, Mexico was weird because you had... You had Fernando spinning at the end, didn't you? Which ruined loads of people's laps. So that kind of wasn't on Logan, but Alex went out early. It was just, you know, Logan didn't get a time in Mexico. There was, like, he did get a time that got took away with track limits earlier on, but that was obviously the track then greened up. So it's like, for, for this, it didn't feel representative to put Mexico in there regardless. But what I do think is quite interesting because I've said this about Yuki with his um, debut season. And that's a good point, actually. Daddy, da Daddy Fett, should I say? I'm not just going to say Daddy. Daddy Fett, uh, Albon did have upgrades before Logan numerous times throughout the season, which is a good point, worth bringing up for sure. And again, this is, this is what Williams are going to be and, and Vows are going to be taking into account when actually trying to decide whether or not to keep Logan, which of course they have decided to keep Logan. But if you look at these last, um, even the last four, really, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo Sprint, Vegas and Abu Dhabi. Well, Sao Paulo, he was four tenths back, so yeah, pretty significant. But then in the sprint, he was within a tenth. In Vegas, that's he got through to Q3, remember, and he was a tenth quicker than Alex in Q1, tenth and a half slower and two tenths in Q3. Q2 and Q3, but that averaged out of 75 thousandths of a second between them in Vegas over three quali sessions. So that was very good from Logan. And then Abu Dhabi, he got done track limits twice, but his quickest lap would have put him just 0.234 behind Alex, which was his second push lap. Um, unfortunately, they both got deleted. But again, again, I'm just trying to understand the pace ceilings we've seen from Logan. And... Yeah, there are a number of, of outliers here. But I think the general... The thing is, like, the USA Sprint was a bit of a stinker. All in all, looking at these numbers, the context of Logan not having the upgrades quite as quickly as Alex did... Look, I mean, within... I say, it's you've got to be within three tenths to really be... Okay, this is fine. This is fine. If you're within three tenths, this is fine. He, he's not been within three tenths enough. It's I'm glad for Logan. He's had this pos quite relatively positive end to the season, pace-wise relative to Alex. But also, you know, I, yes, Logan's American, which has an importance to Williams um, and the Realton as a team because you know, sponsorship to an extent, but it's not like he's a, you know, it's not like he's a Checo Perez who has all these massive, you know, multi-million brands that follow him and will sponsor wherever Checo goes. Like, Logan's got a degree of clout from being from the States, but it's not, it's not the be-all and end-all. And it, it was weird to me that, that Vows didn't confirm after Abu Dhabi I wonder if that uh, contract stuff needed to be kind of ironed out. Wasn't Latifi closer in general last year, Casper? I don't think he was. Actually, if, is there, did, some, did anyone last season do a um, qualifying head-to-head -head average? Let me just have a little quick look on the internet. Because it's not, I don't, I don't just want a head-to-head. I want an actual... Oh, I think the race might have... Let me have a look. I think the race have a little graph. Mm, interesting. So, according to the race, the average margin between Albon and Latifi, and they've only counted dry sessions here, um, only from times in the same session compared, which is what I've done as well, only trouble-free sessions, which is what I've tried my best to do as well um latifi was within 0 0.390 of albon last year 0 0.390 
So yeah, which is, which is, yeah, maybe we're overrating Albon. Maybe we are, Wall Jr. Maybe we are. Is Goatee fee clear? Obviously, again, you know, Latifi was in his third season in F1, wasn't it? Was he 2020, 21 and 22, wasn't it? Um, and obviously the race have t taken away the wet sessions, which I have not done. I have not got rid of. So, for example, oh, quite a few of these qualities were wet, weren't they? And first half of the season as well. I know, um, I know Britain was wet somewhat, etc., um, etc. Et so I, I have not. Again, it, it's it's very difficult because we're we're trying to analyse a sport where there's so much nuance and like well you can definitely argue that the, the even the track because of track evolution track is not the same like lap after lap it's not a video game like it's nigh on impossible and there's so much like information and, and analytics that these teams have and i know that um podcast that alex did with jake humphries he was saying about how like all the teams have like loads of data on all the drivers to like understand where their pace is. And I I do believe that if if Williams hadn't seen enough this year, then they could have on merit got another driver who you know would have at least would have at least brought in the same sponsor revenue wise that a Logan Sargent could. For it, like, just say, for example, like, just to give him, give him some seat time, it'd be interesting for Zach Brown. I think a Pato Award would have been really interesting to see in that Williams seat. And he would have brought a lot of support. You know, he's from Mexico as well as, well as Checo. Um, but obviously he's a huge name in, in the US as well. Um, being in IndyCar and doing so well in IndyCar for so long. That would have been really interesting. It did rain. Yeah, it rained for that. Pretty much every qualifying session. So if I'd have taken away all the rain-affected sessions, then the average would have probably... Well, it would have definitely looked different. Probably in Logan's favour. But I don't know. I don't, I don't... I just don't think Logan's bringing in, like, these crazy sponsors because he's an American driver. I don't know. I just... I don't... It helps with certain sponsors, sure, but I don't think it's a be-all and end-all thing at all. Alex, thank you for the uh, for the ten dollars. Logan also races a lot better than Latifi. Nick had more points, but his best five after were twelfth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, sixteenth. Logan Logan was eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, Logan needs to work at qualifying. I think it's difficult. I I think the the Williams is a better car, or was a better car this year than it was last year relative to the field, perhaps. Hmm, I think so. I think given like, look at the pace like Alex had in Zandvoort and also look at the pace Alex had in Monza and they're like two totally different cars, cars, tracks, totally different tracks. So I think the Williams, you know, they, they what, capped the upgrades after, they capped the upgrades after Canada. And I agree with what Casper said there as well. You can't you can't really compare the positions year to year. It is it's the gap to teammate. Yeah, you have to because those relative gaps to the field are changing all the time, even mid season. I mean, obviously, a McLaren, McLaren's the most egregious example of that of of a McLaren prior to Austria and after Austria are totally different cars. Um, but everyone's bringing upgrades, and I, I was watching a video. Um, from the race yesterday about Charles Leclerc and how after the Suzuka upgrade, you know, his performances just shot up. But obviously that's come so late in the season, he wasn't able to, to really capitalise. So, yeah, I think that when I look at these numbers, I, I just, I, I can understand there's probably, from Logan's hires, from Logan's hires, I think... There's just enough in the same way that I think there was just enough when Yuki um, 
finished higher, finished well in his, in his first year in F1. It was just enough to hold on just. But like, I, I, I would love to know what um, what Val's list was of, of other drivers. Obviously, Vesti would have been in there. Obviously, Vesti. Um, I wonder who else, I wonder who else would have been in there. And, and again, obviously, like, the an alternative to move away from a Williams owned driver, like he's their guy, he's part of their academy and he's their guy. They have to offer they can't just offer a bit more. I think they have to have to offer like a significant chunk of almost guaranteed more performance. Yuki's rookie season was better if I'm being honest. Well I I don't know. I, I Taco, I think they're very similar, you know? I, I think that I think Yuki ended like Abu Dhabi was fantastic. Twenty one for him, finished fourth. Um, great result. Finally out qualified Pierre after all season getting slapped up by Pierre, just as what Alex has done to Logan. But Yuki pulled through it at the end. Um, made a lot of mistakes. Logan made a lot of mistakes. I think they're both very similar rookie seasons. Very similar. Got got fortunate in a lot of ways. Got fortunate to hold. You know for a fact if there's a, you know. If there's an equivalent, a regen, Russell, Leclerc, Norris, Verstappen, you know, they're waiting. I don't think Yuki's keeping his seat. And I don't think, like, if, if there's a Verstappen in the driver academy, Yuki would not have kept that seat after that first year. And I think if there was a an, an equivalent to a Russell in the Williams academy, who just, you know, won F2, then I don't think Sargent's keeping that seat. But... Logan just held on, just held on. Yuki showed more promise and speed. The thing is, that I and look, you again, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Yuki investor from early days, right? But I think Logan has had his moments. Again, look at, look at, um, look at, just look at Vegas. Let's just look at Vegas in isolation. And I know, again, it's a lot of straight lines, but those slow speed corners. They're easy to trip up on. Like, let's not pretend it's still... A, of course, it's a challenge. It's a street circuit. It's a challenge. And Logan went quick, 10th quicker than Alex in Q1, one and a half tenths slower in Q2, and just under two tenths slower in Q3. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, would I agree that... I mean, Yuki's high, obviously, was converting that P4 at the end, wasn't it? That 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 was the high. That was the high for sure. Um, but also that twenty one Alpha Tauri, that twenty twenty one Alpha Tauri. How many times did Gasly put it in? Didn't he go? Didn't he get into into the top six like twelve times or something? That Alpha Tauri in twenty one was a much better car relative to the field than the Williams is in twenty twenty three. I think that's, but that's why it's difficult, isn't it? You know, I, th I think Gasly's high points and, and the pace that he extracted from the Alpha Tauri was much more comparable to... Oh, it's hard to really compare because it was... I mean, it was definitely a more competitive car, Alpha Tauri, in 21 than the Alpine was this year. But also, yeah, Gasly was crazy good. And then, it, again, it comes to like, well, okay, was Gasly crazy good or was, was actually Gasly just doing all right in 21 and Sonoda was doing a bit like he was not doing great or, or was it that Gasly was slapping it you could say the same for Alex this year you know I said that in my in, in my season kind of review video I was like it's hard to rate Alex I, I'll put him seventh overall because Logan's not a known entity yardstick you know is Alex delivering the ceiling of that car or is he not, and Logan's really bad? Or is Alex doing an incredible job, and Logan's actually doing really well to be even within four tenths of Alex in a rookie season? You know, like it's hard. It is. It's, and that's why we will never all agree because there's far too much nuance, far too much context. But ultimately, I guess let's wrap up this Sergeant conversation. Do you? You think 
Sergeant has the minerals to become an established F1 driver. Simple yes or no question. Do you think Logan has that dog in him, YouTube Live viewers? Do you think Logan has that dog in him? Do you think he'll improve next year? Do you think he'll make that progression that ultimately Yuki had a very weak start to his F1 career? They gave him the time and at the end of his third season, I think Yuki is an established F1 driver now. I think he's a, a driver that if Red Bull decided he was, he's got stuff to work on, but if he continues on this trajectory of improvement, and I think being a teammate to Ricardo next year could actually be really helpful to him in terms of that emotional control and that decision-making, because Ricardo is so level and just efficient on the radio and with his emotions during the race. Like, yeah, maybe he could replace Fernando when he eventually leaves Aston Martin. Obviously, that Aston Martin-Honda connection. And Yuki is very, very close to Honda. Arguably closer to Honda than he is to Red Bull. Do you think Sargent has the minerals to become an established F1 driver? And again, look, I'm not, I'm not talking uh, Max Verstappen. I'm talking to Lewis Hamilton. You know, could he, could he, can he be, can he do a, a job, a Hulkenberg job? You know, can he do a, a Checo job? Can he do a, maybe a science job, you know, at the top end or who knows, a, a Gasly Ocon job? You know, can he get to that level? Because I think, again, for Williams, they got the P7. If they're seeing enough progress in a driver that they can own versus, you know, they got some great time out of Russell. They got great years out of Russell but they're always going to lose him. And they knew that. They, they, were, they were lining up Magnussen to replace Russell. So it'd be Magnussen Latifi. And Magnussen just laughed him out of the room because he's like, this is not a serious team. Why are they replacing the guys getting all the performance out of the car? A Grosjean job. Well, Grosjean job's kind of a bit all or nothing, isn't it, with, with, uh, with Roman? Well, good luck to him. Because he's uh, taking Callum's old seat, isn't he? Um, Junkos. Junkos? Junkos? I don't, know. I don't know how it's pronounced. But, but we'll see. Right, what do you think? 55% of you yes, 45% of you no. Oh, it's it's kind of, kind of split the room. I think that, again, when I, when I consider Logan's full kind of pedigree here, and also... Of course, like, I do think Alex is, is driving really well. I think in, on form, it, it, it's hard to say for sure. Like, I felt harsh not putting him higher in my driver ratings, but it's because you do, I don't have that yardstick, so I can't really say with confidence. But it feels like he could jump in a top car and be somewhat competitive, just not a rebel. Uh, like... He, you know, it's feeling more than ever now that maybe, okay, he could well be close to Russell Norris, like those kind of levels, because they were all close in F2. And then you look at Sargent and you think, well, you know, in F3, he took the title to the finale against Piastri and Porsche. I mean, Piastri's just had one of the most impressive rookie seasons for a long time. I still think Leclerc 2018 was better personally, but whatever um and Porsche has just won f2 and almost won f2 last year and was fifth the year before that so Porsche's f2 record is, is pretty exceptional you know he's a, he's a world karting champion is Logan I, I feel like it would be I think Williams can afford to they got the p7 he can afford to give them Give him, the, give him another year. Give him another year. Obviously, the, the, the driver market is going to be crazy next year because there's tons of drivers out of contracts, including Alex. Um, give Logan a year to, to maybe learn a bit more from Alex and extracts this, you know, this performance ceiling a bit more often. I guess the difference Piastri to, to Sargent, not just in terms of Piastri just isn't crashing, like Sergeant, I've not seen a rookie season so clean and not full of crashes 
I don't know, really ever in this generation since they obviously capped testing because that's not really a fair comparison. But I think Piastri, yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe was pretty clean. Joe was pretty clean. I would argue Piastri's was cleaner. But Joe's was pretty clean. But also, it wasn't as quick. But then also, he was in an Alfa Romeo. So it's like, how do you prove the speed, whatever. But also, Piastri would qualify within... I think his average was about two tenths to, to to Lando. So not only is that gap smaller than the gap between Logan and and Alex, but also I rate Lando higher than I do Alex right now as well. So, yeah. I think I, I can understand the roll of the dice from uh, from James Vowles because if it pays off, then, you know, Williams keep progressing, keep moving on. They've got an American driver more towards the front because no one's going to care. Like, you know, just having a driver of a certain nationality, you know, having them fight at the front is going to do so much more for cultivating that fan base potential than it is if they're at the back. Um, if it pays off, then then great. And if Alex leaves, they've got a good set of hands in Logan there to carry on pushing on. If it doesn't work, then, well, they've extended him for a year. There'll be drivers on the, on the market, surely. There'll be drivers on the market for next season. So, is it, you're almost exactly 50-50. 51% yes. 49% say no. Thank you, Gladiator, for the uh, five Aussie. Vows has shown us with Sergeant how to handle a young driver. Imagine how horridly Steiner would, would have reacted if it had been Mick in Qatar. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a big responsibility these team principals have what they put out into the world. And I think ultimately Vows was very consistent and very good. And your job is to, part of the job as a manager, right? It's not just treating others as you'd want to be treated. It's treating others as they want to be treated to get the best out of them. Some drivers, you know, the more stern approach works well. Other drivers, that will just lead them to regress and go into themselves. So I think that, you know, Vows did a good job there. It was interesting that he didn't confirm at the end of the year. I did expect him to. You remember like um when Jos Capito said to sit, just put it out there that oh Sergeant will have the seat as long as he gets the super license points. He kind of put the pressure on Sergeant there and Sergeant just got it over the line. But yeah, I, I did find that a bit I thought that was a cool opportunity for Vows to have been like, well, we've done this. Logan will be part of our team in 2024 rather than like waiting like a week after and then doing like an announcement. I don't know. I don't know. For me, Mick Schumacher better than Sargent, but Mick had two F2 seasons. Oh, yeah, actually. That, I, oh, Laurie, I like that. That's another poll. Who would you put in your F1 team seat if you had to choose between Mick Schumacher or... Logan Sargent. Obviously, Mick had two seasons, but that first season in the Haas, I mean, God, that was just painfully slow, that car. Like, really slow. Um, the second season, obviously, Magnussen was pretty convincingly clear. Obviously, not anywhere near the extent that Alex is clear of Logan in terms of head-to-head -head and, you know, race pace. Mick had his moments. I remember Austria was a really good race for him and Silverstone in uh, last season. I remember them being really good, strong performances from Mick. But then obviously look at Kevin Magnussen and how he's been slapped up by Hulkenberg this year. So it's like, well, what would Hulkenberg have done to Mick? <sighs> Sorry, Pancon, you've got to choose one. You've got to choose one. And this mean these comparisons will just go on forever. Thank you, not F thank you, not FIA, for the super chat. But then you've got to think drivers such as Oscar have had so much testing in an F1 car. He had the whole of 21 testing in an F1 car to further his development whilst Logan was doing F3 GTs in ELMS. Very good point. He wasn't driving a... What I would say, he wasn't driving a, a ground effect car when he was doing his testing for Alpine. He was not driving a ground effect car. Although, did he do FP1 for Alpine last year? I guess he did, right? Did Piastri do FP1? Or, or did Doohan? 
Did Piastri do FP1 for Alpine last year? He did. Okay, so so he had a little bit of... But, I mean, one FP1 is like nothing, right? Oh, but he did do that Alpine... Oh, no, that's the McLaren thing, isn't it? But, no, he did do a lot of mileage in a 21 Alpine car. So it still helps, but it's also very different to a ground effect 22 onwards F1 car. But it, it's a good point. It's just, it is a good point. Piastri had that 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 experience of that speed, I guess, that Logan couldn't possibly have had doing F3 and GTs and ELMS and all that. So, yeah. There will always be context and nuance. And again, you look at them in F3 when they were an equal machinery against each other and Logan was leading that championship going into the final race in Mugello and kind of got very unluckily caught up in an incident and ended up finishing behind, I think, both Piastri and Porsche. But... He took it to the finale, so in equal machinery. But Oscars, Oscars are serious, and I guess it's that potential, right? Because if they, if Williams give up on Sergeant too early, they could be giving up on something that you look at again. You look at his portfolio, could be really good. Thank you, all blue as well. Uh, next video idea: which drivers could rep replicate what Max did this season? Um, I mean, you're going to have to pick out specific drivers at specific times in their careers when they were at their very, very best. Um, you think like, you know, I don't know, Alonso 2005, Schumacher 2004. Um, I mean, take your pick from the Senna Prost seasons, I guess, as well. Who knows? It would be... Uh, be an interesting, interesting idea. Interesting idea, that. Interesting idea. But anyway, anyway, anyway. No, we did not. Some of you think you did do FB1. I don't. I don't. I don't know if you did FB1. I don't. No, actually, maybe Alonso twenty twelve. I feel like maybe that was Alonso's best season. I don't know. He felt like he had no right to be that close to Sebastian. But yeah, that's a fair point. Anyway. 64% of you think Mick Schumacher. Who would you put in your F1 team seat? Mick Schumacher or Logan Sargent? <sighs> ah, that's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I think Logan has a higher ceiling potential than Mick. And I think there's a reason Val's passed up on Mick. Apparently, apparently... The rumour mill was swirling that Vows was given, because obviously Toto was trying to get Mick that seat. Vows was given data and that, and he, he opted to, to say no. So, and, and I think that, you know, I think with Kimi Antonelli coming through as well, I, I think if Williams had taken on Mick, I think they could have been quite confident that, okay, we're getting a driver that we can keep for a long time if they do well and not be replaced and not move to Mercedes like George Russell did. P20 versus in the wall. I mean, Logan had his moments in the wall and Mick had his moments P20, but yeah. I, th I think with Kimi Antonelli coming through, things are looking pretty good for Mercedes long term. Pretty good. Um, it's a shame we have drivers like Joe Stroll, etc., where Porsche and Lawson are on the sideline. Yeah, the thing is, Lawson's... Lawson showed what you can do with like exceptionally short notice. And I think Lawson's performances have made Logan's struggles look worse. I'd have both. Mick didn't really get a fair shot. Oh, you, you give both seats, Gladiator, to, to Sergeant and Schumacher. That would be chaos. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. Taylor was three years in F2. Now he's won it. He can't do it again. Can't do it again. Anyway, right, cool. Okay, that's the main subject matter done. Um, otherwise, rest of this podcast, I just kind of wanted to just do this little update, I guess, because the, obviously there's one big thing that's changed um, that was mentioned like a week or so ago that I won't be doing next year, which is the last lap. It's over. It was fun. While it lasted, we started the show, the live watch-along show and podcast. We started it ahead of Spa last year. So 
mid-season break, um, we started the show just as Max started... Because that was when Max started dominating, wasn't it? Because the first half of 2022, Leclerc was in the fight and there was a bit of hope and, you know. And then in Spa, Max, what? He started... Didn't he start 14th and lead by lap 12? Or was he 12th and he led by lap 14? I think it was one or the other. Um, yeah, it was... That's kind of when... Which is... Is not the. It's so funny, right? Because obviously, when the announcement comes out, you get you see all the people go, oh, oh, like all their reasons, like oh, they they stopped doing it because it was flopping, or they stopped doing it because they weren't getting enough money, or that blah, blah. It's it's really interesting to see that when people. It was like when um. <laughs> it was like when um Matt and Tom and Katie left W two F one, and there was all the the rumours going around and where I kind of had a pretty good idea of what was happening from, from those guys. It was quite interesting seeing all of the, um, what was it then? What were, you have not watched the podcast Valka that we did. Obviously we did our, we did our end of season um, awards just like we did the previous year. Um, and then at the end of it, we, we just said, yeah, it's, it's done. Um, but no, honestly, like, Doing that show, that was that was the exact show I'd wanted for quite a long time. I'd always talked about having my own version of the kickoff, you know, like it's a football uh, watch long show that's been about for a while uh, with True Geordie, and I always I always felt like I wanted my own version of that, and obviously doing it is very different to the idea, and doing the show itself great loved it like bit watching the race with like-minded people me and niran get along great like he's couldn't couldn't ask for a better co-host um like really good it, it, you know the the patter on screen is exactly what it was off screen and that's kind of what i wanted to what i wanted that show to be and what i was interested in about that show um but only for me i think you know having done it having that responsibility for it um because obviously with the show it would be it's our responsibility to get the guests which is fine and obviously i, I took on more of that responsibility because obviously my stuff is f1 first and foremost and i know a lot more people in the space um versus niran and obviously that responsibility having to be at the studio in central london um obviously Sundays, 22 Sundays this year, 24 Sundays next year. And then obviously when there's not a race doing the, the pod going up on Monday, Tuesday, I don't live in London anymore as well. Um, I'm, I'm a bit outside. So it takes, it takes over an hour for me to get there and back. So obviously when I'm doing last lap and it's not a race and it's like the Mondays and it's ultimately I kind of came to the, it, it it started with with me coming to the conclusion. I was like, I'm going to give it this year to like mid-season, see how I feel. And by mid-season, I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to carry this on next year because it's it was, I felt it was taking too much of my, too much of my focus away from this channel, my main channel, which is always going to be my number one. Um, obviously doing more of these streams as well is is I I love doing these streams. I, I I'm really happy with where my channel sits right now. Where like I think it's about 70, 75 percent of my viewership is my videos, and the rest is is live streams. Um, doing the before and after race and and really pushing this chimwag thing further next year and developing it and <clears throat> making it more kind of yeah making it more slick and and without i'm still going to be in this space and that's not going to change just better graphics and more you know getting you guys a bit more involved maybe sending clips over beforehand that i can chuck in the stream i don't know i've had a lot of thoughts for it for next year um and yeah and, and obviously just the you know when you've got that responsibility the show on the sunday and and i was able to go to a couple of races last year um but obviously in that instance, then I'm finding cover and people cancel and then I'm having to find other cover. And 
it just it it just ended up becoming a thing where I'm like, you know what? Like I I'm not enjoying the like when I'm there doing the show, I'm loving it, but I'm not enjoying the the responsibility of it and the you know, if if it was ten minute if the studio was a ten minute walk down the road, I wouldn't mind so much. But even then, even if even if everything about the show was perfect, just having that tie to Sundays where it's a responsibility that I've got to be at on a on a weekend because you know I'm very happy to like miss a race if I'm doing something you know with Hannah or doing something just during the day and catch up with it and I watch the full replay avoid Twitter for spoilers like I've done that many a time um, yeah and and so it just came to the point for me I was just like you know what I just don't it's it's not for me it's not it's not for me on for next year obviously I didn't know. I kind of left it with those guys in terms of whether it carries on or not. Um, the production guys and, and Niran and obviously, you know, I gave I, I gave plenty of uh, plenty of notice internally that it wasn't something I was going to do in twenty four, and um, yeah, obviously it was decided that they would shut up shop. So that's over. But what it does mean is obviously I am now more free and available, and I I want to I want to go to more. I want to do more stuff and I'd like to go to more races and, and, you know, but everything is going to be, cause I've done many a projects in my time. I've done many a project. You lot know, right? What is it? Well, on this channel, obviously there was talking points, which I stopped. Um, I know a few people have asked for talking points back. The thing is with that, right? When I think about talking points, so if you don't know, that was kind of my guest podcast where I just have a person on, and chat with them about whatever, right? It could be an F1 YouTuber. It could be uh, Johnny Herbert, who's like the closest I've got to a hero. Um, and the thing is with that, I I'm seeing so many more. And also having done Last Lap, I really value the, just for me, just, just personally, like I think it's so much, there's a lot to be said for doing stuff like this in person when you're actually having a chat and a conversation, especially with someone you've never met before and you're trying to ha have a, you know, an interview that feels, doesn't feel like an interview because I don't want any of my chats to feel like interviews, even though they technically are, I guess. And seeing all these other podcasts, you know, well, obviously with Last Lap and Track Limits and Pit Stop and Screaming Mills and all, all these guys who do these kind of chats I feel like the, their their quality is so high. I can't match that. I can't, I can't match that quality of of flowing conversation. Doing something over Zoom, you know, because also, you know, if maybe if I lived in central London and I had a little studio space that was, you know, paid for or as part of where I lived that was space that wasn't in the way, then I could just get guess on ad hoc and, and chat with them, but. That's not my situation. So for me to do that show personally, it's, it would have to be something I could do in person. Like if I was to bring talking points back, it would have to be a in-person talking points. So because I can't do that, and I've got, I've got a couple of things potentially in the pipeline for in-person, in-real-life chats, which would live as podcasts, like long-form chats potentially live as podcast, I guess. Um, but not, I won't be, able, I'm not interested in delivering them a consistency given my situation right now that justifies bringing back talking points and rebranding it as that, I guess. I hope I'm making some sense, okay? I'm kind of in waffle mode at the minute. But there was that, there was um, obviously the Veloce stuff and then that became Live Fast, but well, that wasn't my call, um, that, ended because they pulled the plug on it which is fair enough and yeah obviously last lap now been and gone end of an era um but i can i can assure you that from now on i'm i'm again i'm very i'm just not interested in tying myself down like especially like a physical tie of stuff on the screen you know i'm working on stuff off screen and behind the scenes and blah 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 right but this channel, 
is going to be my number one thing. Hopefully, I'll make some more appearances on stuff like Skype. Like doing the Skype podcast is great. Like because that's just one-off stuff. Oh, were you about? Do you want to come on and talk about this? Yeah, sure. I can be about. Boom. Lovely. There's no like you got to be here at this time on this. Blah, blah. Nah, that's not what I want. Because fortunately, and th- this is why I can I can. The reason I can feel this way is because you guys who watch me and support what I do enable this to be enough. Like this channel and my videos and my my live streams and my merchandise that's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Um, That's more than enough for me. Everything else is like a bonus, is an extra. But that's more than enough for me. I'm super happy with that. And if I could do other stuff that I enjoy... Great, but you know this YouTube job enables me. Like when I was what last year after we got married, me and Hannah, like I was doing the West Coast and I was doing live streams from random Airbnbs and hotel rooms um, in California. Like I can do that because I've just got my laptop and my camera. I can just you know that's that's kind of what I'd like to do more of, I suppose. Um, and yeah, like, and, and other stuff like the live shows that I've done with Valdas, like, they've been amazing. And I'm not sure when we're going to do the next one of them, but I would like to do another one because that's great. I'll get to meet some of you guys and, you know, the opportunity. But again, I, I, I'm so, I, I know, like, I'm so ridiculously fortunate and lucky to be able to do this as a job, not just because it's YouTube and a lot of people want to be YouTubers, but because it's a job where obviously I'm running my own business. I don't have a boss, but also the flexibility around when I make what I make and put it out. Like that flexibility is is so rare and I'm so lucky to have that, that for me to not take advantage of that and make the most of that freedom and enjoy that freedom and not tie myself down. I'd be doing myself... I, 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 I'd be look back, looking back in years to come being like, why didn't I just make the most of the freedom that I was so lucky to get dealt this hand? Why didn't I like make the most of it and just, you know, because that's what, that, that's what values. I mean, last lap, like I would be in a better financial position keeping that going for sure. But it's not, it's not worth that, that, that money's that extra bit of money I get from, from doing last lap is not worth it to me. Um, I don't know, it's, it's not just like a course it is, but like it's luck is the, the, the predominant factor in my opinion, you know, you're just not knocking enough doors that if you knock on hundred doors, you only need one to open versus knocking on one. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's why that chapter's ended. Um, but it was great fun. You know, as well, I think, doing that show and obviously using this image you can see the multi-cams we actually have five cameras set up the main camera and then one for each guest so we typically have four for the live streams and doing all that with the earpiece and all that i I think that presenting and some like that's something i'd be interested in doing like giving it a go like ad hoc stuff you know what like jimmy and steve do for gran turismo like not necessarily on that scale but i'm saying that i feel like i could right someone comes to me and be like right we want to I feel like I could I could hold my own, and I think I'd like to try that stuff just as a one-off thing. But if someone came to me and right, we wanted you, you've got to do these many shows, you've got to be here. I'm like, no, I'm not interested. But like for one-off stuff, why not? Why not? So I think like personally, like doing this show, I've learned so much from doing that, and it was the same with with Live Fast as well, right? Um, doing that with Aldas and Hayden and Matt, like I, I gained a lot of skills that you don't get from sitting in your, your your study you know with a camera pointed at you and no one else here apart from Minton Church I'll get Minton actually you know what let's uh let's let's pick up let's pick up Minton he's waiting long enough for him oh hello mate also it gets means I get a bit more time with this one don't I hey yeah you've been sleeping He's very warm as per, aren't you? Very warm boy. Where's the ad? Yeah, you know what? You know, no ad this time, I No ad. Hey, you right, buddy? Yeah, knackered. To be fair, it's because that 
key lights up there. So that's obviously quite bright in his eyes. Hey, good boy. Good boy. But yeah, no, it was um it was it was good fun. And it, uh, you know what? I'd rather I'd rather everything all, all of the other side projects I've done, like I feel like I've I don't regret any of those decisions at all because I feel like it's to an extent put me out of my comfort zone and made me try different things and actually improved I think yeah, just just everything across the board in terms of what I what I do and what I want to do and yeah. But again, the focus this year there's going to be no more signing up to to long-term on-screen projects. Um but yeah, this channel's gonna be it's gonna be more and better next year. I want to get better at editing because again, you know, I, I I still do everything myself. I don't employ anyone. It's part of the reason I don't do shorts because I just can't be asked. I don't think they're of a huge amount of value to me. I don't know, maybe they were. The last lap shorts got me good kind of exposure, but it's very hard to measure the value of that. And um, yeah, we'll see. Less bias as well next year. DH, absolutely not. More bias next year. More bias next year, DH. Something to look forward to. We do any contact with Niran in the future. You know what? I, I For like, I've got something in mind, but yeah, ad hoc stuff. Obviously, he, he's got his, his, his focus is, you know, f football's his baby. You know, Quadrant and F1 stuff is, is kind of side projects for him. Um, and F1 Classroom, mm, don't know about that, David. I don't know about that. But I would, I definitely, I've got my sim rig all set up now. I think next year I want to bring back the Gran Turismo streams on Twitch. Because they're fun. Um, but yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. Thank you all for sticking around. I know this is a bit of a waffly one at the end, but um, just a little little life update. And uh, yeah, don't forget to like on YouTube. Uh, comment down below. The secret word is string. Now, if you've checked out um, Tomo's Racing Goods Instagram, you might know why all this string exists. Because I, you know, you know, I say I, I do all my videos by hand. Well, if you buy the merch, you're going to get a very by hand, made by Tomo experience. So I'll say it's like a therapy session. Excellent, excellent. I should charge next time. <laughs> Therapists charge a lot of money, but it's valuable stuff. If you, if you, ther therapy is an incredibly helpful tool. Genuinely, um, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't feel stigmatized against doing that because uh got to keep your noggin health is the most important thing of all. But yeah, thank you all for coming. And video later this week, I think. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, video later this week. Video later this week. No video the week after that, but then a video for Christmas, possibly. It's in the works. I've got to get this merchandise sorted. That's my kind of priority right now. Anyway, bye everyone. Be safe, be well, be happy. Drink water, stay hydrated. Bye-bye.